Hey folks, and welcome to this week's podcast. It's a very special one. One of the greatest bands of all time, period. Probably the greatest band in the United States of America right now. NRBQ is our guest. They've been making records since 1969. And in the radio show, uh, it was two hours of all NRBQ and related music. And uh, just going through all those records to pick the, the ones to narrow down to play on the show was really an amazing... It just, you know, I've just been listening to them all week and it just kind of blew my mind how many great records there are. So uh, if you don't know all their catalog, you might want to listen to the whole show or just go buy some records. Uh, the new one is called Dragnet. It's on the Omnivore label. Details at nrbq.com. So this was recorded live as they were swinging through New Jersey. They had an off night and we all met up at the Magic Door Studio in Montclair, New Jersey. The owner there, Ray, is a WFMU fan and supporter and is really generous with his time. Uh, uh, you'll hear that the session just sounds 100% perfect. So huge thanks to Ray and the folks at Magic Door and to John and John NRBQ's crew. And, of course, thanks to Terry Adams, Scott Ligon, uh, Casey McDonough, and John Perrin. I also want to point out that over at WFMU.org slash Michael, if you go to that website, there are interviews with Terry and Joey and Johnny and Scott and Casey and John and Don and Tom Staley. They're all there uh, if you want to take a deeper dive into the history of NRBQ and hear some NRBQ-related music. So once again, it was just a mind-blowing night. Uh, just really happy and and uh, just excited to share this with you. So here it is, me uh, talking with NRBQ and then playing a bunch of songs live at Magic Door Studios in Montclair, New Jersey. Enjoy and uh, talk soon. Not tonight, huh? I got a egg. Well, I went and bought a bottle, some of that real good wine. It's loving I need a lot of. You know it's been a real long time. So I gave that girl some sweet talk. Get the message to her head. You know. So much pain 
Here we are in uh, Magic Door uh, in Mon- beautiful Montclair, New Jersey. NRBQ is here. How are you guys doing? How's everybody doing? Good. Doing great. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Real good. Good to see you. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. America's greatest band. Maybe the 
world's greatest band. Feeling very, very lucky that you guys are here. It's been a few years. How's it just, I guess somebody tell me how it feels to be back playing after not being able to leave your house for a while. Who's the... Well, uh, it feels great to be back out and to be you know, doing this again. I mean, you can tell that people are really happy to be back out and to be, you know, listening to, to the band. And um, But it's weird, you know, it's not without its weirdness, you know, as we're still sort of dealing with this. But I think that it, that it just feels like it's, it's more evident than ever that, uh, you know, what we're doing is, is important. To people and uh it's important to us and uh you know we're just trying to play as good as we can that's all that's all we're really thinking about to be totally honest you know uh how about john is there a band or something that turned the light on for you is there like something you saw i don't think he had a choice no i mean my my dad made a mixtape for me when i was probably three months old that had just an unbelievable diverse amount of music on it. It had bands. I mean, it had the Beatles on it, but it also had the Young Fresh Fellows. And yeah, I mean, it's I like it goes along with drumming too. I can't remember remember a time before I played the drums. I've played the drums since I was two. It's the only thing I can remember about being two. When was your first gig? With my, your dad? my first my first gig with my dad was when I was ten. I've been playing bars now for twenty years. So it's I really can't like the lights just been on. <laughs> I've been was born you, into that. You played all over the world. You played. Yeah. You played in every country. I played in India. That was. Yeah, he went to different. He, he didn't have a choice though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was shipped there. <laughs> yeah, long story. But yeah, it's I yeah I really can't remember a time before I loved music as much as i do scott and casey these are bands all these bands i'm about to name are bands i've played on the show flat five rami and the reliables robbie folks and linda gellus which was the best record made that year uh dennis leasy pokey lafarge jd mcpherson joel patterson kelly hogan chris ligan bell furies don bryant slink moss explosion all of those bands one of you guys at least plays in oftentimes with alex hall that's a lot of good records. I mean, the, the 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 bullseye percentage is pretty high with you two guys. I mean, first of all, thank you. But it, what's going on? I mean, it's just like there's some serious chemistry between you two and between, I don't know, Alex and the, the Chicagoans. And there's just this, you got your finger right on the button. There's no question here, really. But, you know, tell me what's going on. Well, I think Alex, thank you, by the way. Alex really has his studio dialed in beautifully. Reliable studios in Chicago. Reliable recorders. Check them out. Um, so really all we have to do is come in and just plug in and play and have a good time and just hear the song and figure out how we want to do it, put a top on it, put a tail on it. Bob's your uncle, you know? <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. Yeah. We're just working, man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the coffee's really good, too. <laughs> Alex, Alex, in addition to being a great engineer and a great musician uh, and a really nice guy, he makes a great cup of coffee. <laughs> He's got a great dog, too. That's really important. All right, yeah. enough about him. Yeah. <laughs> he just had a birthday, too. So happy birthday, Alex. <laughs> All right. Now we're done. 
Okay, I would like each one of you guys, I'm going to give you each a guy, and I want you, we'll start with Terry. Terry, I want you to tell me, just, just a minute, what's so great about what John does? Well, he plays the music and the way it's supposed to be. That's it. All right. Casey, tell me what Terry does that's so good. It better not be about coffee. Well, <laughs> Ter <laughs> Terry he hears things and and sees and knows things that nobody else does and we get to share that john tell me about scott <laughs> thank you casey he can do anything <laughs> he's the reason i'm you know here meeting him in a crazy way all these guys oh casey uh, Casey and I, you know, we just had some kind of a, you know, a magical thing happen, you know, like later in your life. It doesn't usually happen. You don't usually meet somebody that you can sing harmony with that naturally in your 30s. That's usually something that happens like at a young age. So we had some kind of like separated at birth kind of a thing happen to us, you know. And uh, but yeah, I mean. I don't do. I don't really play on stage unless Casey's there. That's a good policy. It's like we cut different high schools together. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Casey, I I remember a couple of years ago. I never got to ask you about this. Uh, you got to tour with Brian Wilson a little bit, which you know it's a little bit like going in a rocket ship up to the moon. I can only imagine, and then you're up in the moon for a while. But tell us how that was, because I can't imagine. It was a beautiful thing, something I never even thought could happen. But we have a friend in Chicago, Scott and John and I, uh, Paul Mertens, who plays in Brian's band. And um, he's also friends with the Flat Five. And we had him come and play play with us for a couple of shows. And he happened to ask, I think, Scott and Kelly, if, if they ever needed somebody to sing the high Brian falsetto parts in a Beach Boys concert, did they know someone who could do that in the unlikely event that they ever needed a, a fill-in? And I, apparently they both pointed across the room at me. <laughs> and then about six months later, that happened, and um, they needed somebody the next day. <laughs> this was and Easter morning. It was Easter morning, I guess, you know, and uh, yeah, I, w I woke up to a message saying, hey, give me a call, and um, and so I woke up and called him, and the next day, I was on a plane, and a couple hours later, I was on stage with Brian, and we were doing the Pet Sounds 50th anniversary tour so we did the entire pet sounds album and a whole set of beach boys favorites and you know my initial instinct was actually to tell him that I, i'm honored that you asked but next week's record store day and i told a couple of i told scott and john i'd play with them and i told you my told, friend you, phil you i'd you play with him terry could sing those parts a lot better anyway and i said yeah terry's your guy you know but uh but they said no 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 it's got to be you um so I, I i went and it was really just unbelievable uh, brian is, is such a uh, warm generous and tuned in human being 
And it was great too because you know all the everybody in the band came to various shows. Terry was there one night. I could see him in the audience. I could see Scott and John. I could see some other friends of mine when they came. And it was really far out to sing this music, standing next to Brian Wilson and looking at my friends and it, like singing it to them. That was really something. The first song Scott and I ever played together on stage was an instrumental version of uh, California Girls. <laughs> what? With Scott playing B3 and, and me playing bass and John San Juan on guitar. I'd like to say that uh, Scott called me the night before. You only had one day, and Scott called me and said, I hope he knows all these songs. And I'm saying, yeah, he better be learning all these songs. And we look for Casey, and he's playing pool somewhere. So <laughs> he didn't think about it. But anyway, that's it. Let's talk about the uh, the band first album, nineteen sixty nine. So it's fifty three ish years ago. It's a long time ago. Tell me about the early days playing. I think down in Florida, were you playing for? like country club kids or hippie kids or old people were you playing covers and originals what was the scene what was, was it like the you know kind of like the the peppermint lounge but down in florida kind of you know what i mean <clears throat> well we were playing for teenagers and uh yeah i don't know it's something that's gone now they were nightclubs for teenagers and you know outside we played a lot outside and it was weird whenever we played a place that served alcohol it seemed really creepy but it was, uh, you know, a teenage thing, and we started, you know, that's what we were doing. And uh, it was a good scene down there, but, it, you know, I guess it changed pretty quick. We was got it, out of there. Was it like Beatles Hamburg? Like I don't know what that's... Hours a night, you know? No, no, no. We just played a set on Friday and a set on Saturday and just, you know, hung out the rest of the time. We didn't have to work hard. Maybe John. This is well somebody who who feels it the most. What you did? It, who watched Get Back the Beatles thing? And uh, I it was great seeing. Uh, my one takeaway from that is it's like there's somebody in the room. I can't forget who it is, but they're like trying to kind of make it seem like an argument was kind of overblown, and Ringo shuts it down pretty quick and says, "I, I don't even remember. You might remember it, but he's like, we're still brothers or something like that." The thing that I I thing that I took away from it was it was like people all just trying to figure out how to be happy, and sometimes it's not easy because the way whatever you need to be happy isn't always the way that somebody that you're really close to needs to go, and that's what was going on. You know, it's like just trying to see these guys like you know that all really love each other, but it's you know it's just frustrating. You know, and. Um, but the, uh, aside from that, it was the just the beautiful 16 millimeter footage. Seeing that restored was just beautiful to see. I love I love color 16 millimeter from the 60s. They look great. Looks so good. I was gonna say Anna and Glenn John's clothes. <laughs> yeah, and I learned that Ringo, an incredibly good listener. You know, he just sat there listening until it was time to play, and then he played just the right thing. That is the biggest part of my job as a drummer is tr trying to interpret what somebody who may not be a drummer is saying to me <laughs> as far as rhythmically. Like seeing some of the 
seeing how they interact in a band is not unlike a lot of other bands. If somebody comes with a song and gives a drum part to me, it might not make sense in musical terms, but trying to convey that emotion and through drums. <laughs> Casey Scott, when you joined, the, I mean, obviously you guys, I would assume were huge fans of this band before you joined it. Once you joined the band and kind of learned to play all the songs, once you kind of got inside the songs, did something, I don't know, did you have an understanding that you didn't have before that moment? Maybe an even greater appreciation for the depth of, the, of all the songs and all the great writers and, and singers and players that have been in the band forever. And, you know, an appreciation of, of the history and the legacy for me, I think. Uh, not, you know, I always just, uh, I always thought I was supposed to be doing this anyway. So I was, you know, I've, I've been ready. I've been on, I've been waiting for a long time. So just, you know, I was happy to get the call. It does seem like that, that Scott was kind of born to be in NRBQ eventually. Yeah. Uh, I want you guys to get back in there and play some more songs. Let's talk about the new LP Dragnet for a minute. What, do we know what number it is? I don't know, 30, something like that, maybe, something. At least, isn't it? Generally speaking, somebody just tell me, somebody's written a song, they show it to the guys, we go in the studio, we work it up, we record it. Is, it, is that about how it goes, or is there more to the process? There's less to the process. <laughs> There's way less to the process. I mean, the the song I have on there, I was not expecting to ever have with NRBQ. I just had this demo, and I sent it to Terry, and he really liked it, which shocked me a lot. It was shocking honor to have that on an NRBQ record. Yeah, We had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, just doing anything we want. <laughs> we just played and sang and I got a poem on there kind of a poem it has a lot of different kinds of songs on it maybe than some of our other records anyway it came out good I think I feel good about it uh well honored to have you guys here and uh I'm you know just thrilled folks and RBQ thanks Michael two one two three five After you told me
Hustle, roll out. 